0: Zach Wilson was up and down, but the defense and kicking game were horrendous for the Jets yesterday against the Philadelphia Eagles. We will recap a 33-18 loss ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show. I am your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, and thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. Today we are recapping a 33-18 loss for the New York Jets to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Jets fall to 3-9 on the 2021 season, and 0-12 all-time against the Philadelphia Eagles in regular season play. These teams play each other every preseason, the last game where backups play, the Jets have won some of those games, but amazingly, they have never beaten the Eagles in a regular season game, and that streak continues. And there is no winning streak. The Jets beat Houston last weekend, but they were not able to build on it. Now, this game got off to a great start for the Jets. Braxton Berrios returned to the opening kickoff, 79 yards. The Jets blocking did an amazing job on this play. I mean, they opened a hole so big that if I'm the return man, we're probably starting on the 50 yard line. Now, Braxton Berrios is about 30 yards better than me, under my estimations, so he returned it all the way to the Philadelphia 21. The Jets were in business, and they took full advantage. It took them five plays to get into the end zone. Zach Wilson hit Elijah Moore on a three-yard touchdown pass on the third and two from the Philadelphia 3. Jets are up 6-0. nothing, Six, not seven, because Alex Kessman misses the extra point. Kessman had just been signed on Saturday. He had been on the Jets' practice squad. The Jets opened up a kicking competition this week. He apparently beat out Matt Amendola. Jets signed Kessman to the active roster. Amendola was cut, and Kessman proceeds to miss his first extra point in the Jets uniform. So it's only 6-0, but you got to feel great about where the Jets are. Zach is sharp at the beginning. Jets open with a big play. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. We're finally going to beat Philadelphia. But the Eagles had other plans, and it only took them six plays to get into the end zone. On their first drive, it was capped on a Gardner Minshew- 36-yard touchdown pass to Dallas Goddard. Goddard completely burned C.J. Mosley, and then Ashton Davis completely whiffed on a, a tackle attempt near the goal line. Maybe he did not completely whiff on it, but he treated it like it was 2 hands touch. The Eagles got on the board, and they kicked an extra point. And yes, I did say Gardner Minshew. After making it sound like Jalen Hurts was going to start this game all week, the Eagles started Gardner Minshew, who completely tore up the Jets in this game. But these teams traded touchdowns in the early stages. The Jets put together an 11-play touchdown drive of their own, capped by a Zach Wilson quarterback sneak on second and goal from the Philadelphia One. It was his second attempt at a quarterback sneak. His first attempt was stuffed, but the second time was the charm, and the Jets had their second touchdown in two drives, and they were up 12-7. And yes, 12, because Alex Kespin missed another extra point. And the Eagles took eight plays, And less than five minutes to go down the field again. Another touchdown pass from Minshew to Goddard. This was on a little rub play. Maybe there was a pick there. Maybe there wasn't. But Goddard got open for a touchdown. Eagles were up 14-12. Jets put together another touchdown drive, though. An eight-play drive. Zach Wilson hit Ryan Griffin from one yard out on fourth and goal. Jets missed a two-point conversion because they gave up trying to trust Kessman. Although, the miss on the two-point conversion, you got to blame on Kessman because the only reason they went for two is because they couldn't trust him. So Kessman essentially cost the Jets three points. And amazingly, the Jets had three touchdowns and 18 points. I'd be interested to find out if that's ever happened in NFL history, where a team has 18 points on three touchdowns in a game. But the Jets' defense, again, did not hold. The Eagles put together an eight-play touchdown drive to go up 21-18. Both teams had three touchdowns. Eagles had 21 points. The Jets had 18. This was capped on a Miles Sanders seven-yard touchdown run. Jets defense was getting shredded in this game, and unfortunately, the offense really kind of stopped producing at this point at 21-18. Jets went three and out. Zach Wilson on third and three took kind of a bad sack. I thought he kind of ran himself into it. Jets had to punt, and the Eagles were able to get a field goal before the half to make it 24-18. So the Jets defense at least held them to a field goal, and they held them to a couple more field goals, but it was a very, very ineffective game for this Jets defense. Uh, the first drive out of the out of the locker room at, after halftime, Eagles put together a 14-play drive. And in the first half, Gardner Minshew was, was shredding the Jets through the air, and the Eagles went to the run game on this drive. Again, it was a 14-play drive. This was a time-consuming drive. In the first half, the Eagles were going straight down the field. In the second half, the Eagles kind of took their time a little bit more. Now, yes, the Jets were... On the receiving end of a bad call on this series, there was a pass interference call on Bryce Hall. He was guarding Goddard on a third down play that extended the drive, but the Eagles were in field goal range there, and the Jets' defense eventually did hold them to a field goal, which I guess is progress. So that play did not really cost the Jets a whole lot. Jets got the ball back and went three and out. And you wonder to what extent the Eagles holding the ball for this long hurt the Jets, because this was right out of the locker room, this was the first drive of the second half, so the Jets had long sequences where they did not have the ball, you wonder whether that maybe impacted their rhythm on offense a little bit, Eagles put together another long drive, a 13-play drive, it ends in a field goal, again, a couple more calls, you wonder, were they bad calls, there was one on a fourth down play, where CJ mostly jumped, it looked like the Eagles may have false started there, that extended the drive, Then there was a fourth down run by Gardner Minshew that initially was spotted short of the first down marker. They reviewed it. He was given the first down. I thought that was the right call. I thought Minshew clearly made it on that one. In any event, the Jets were able to get a stop on this drive and get a field goal. Then they put together a little bit of a drive on offense, but it ended on Zach Wilson throwing an interception where he kind of airmailed Jamison Crowder. Eagles put together another field goal drive to make it 33-18. The Jets then moved the ball again, but the drive kind of lost momentum. There was a penalty call on Denzel Mims for an illegal block, which may have been shaky, but the Jets overcame that. They were able to convert a first down on the next play. Later in the drive, Elijah Moore looked like he got held, maybe interfered with. The officials did not throw the flag. The Jets' offense stalled, and on the last Philadelphia drive of the game, the Jets' defense at least got a stop. Now, it, they only got to stop because on third down, the backup center for the Eagles, Jason Kelsey, left with an injury. The backup center snapped the ball over Gardner Minshew's head. So that's essentially why the Jets got their first stop of the day and forced a punch for the first time all game with less than two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, the Jets weren't really able to do anything with the ball. They got the ball back with under two minutes left, and the clock ran out on them. And the Philadelphia Eagles had a 33-18 win over the New York Jets. Ahead here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we will talk about the performance of Zach Wilson. There were some things to like. There were some things to not like from the rookie quarterback in this game. Overall, it was a frustrating game for the New York Jets. I'm sure you were frustrated watching it. In fact, you were so frustrated that you may have wanted to figure out a way to set up a second or third screen to check your fantasy team. And if that sounds familiar, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, and it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. Today we are recapping a 33-18 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, dropping the Jets to three and nine in the 2021 season. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. To me, as far as Zach Wilson is concerned, this game was kind of a Rorschach test. That's when you take a look at the inkblot and you say what you see. But there's no defined picture in the inkblot. And what you see kind of says a lot about you and your own viewpoints. I think that there was enough good and enough bad to build whatever narrative you want about Zach Wilson from this game. If you're somebody who wants to be optimistic about Zach Wilson, there was a lot of good. That you can build a narrative that, hey, Zach Wilson played really well in this game. If you want to be a pessimist about Zach Wilson, there was enough bad where you can say, you know, there were concerning aspects of this performance from Zach Wilson. You can pretty much build whatever type of case you want. Now, here's what I'll say. This is the one thing that I feel very confident when it comes to Zach Wilson's performance yesterday. There was progress. Zach Wilson was a better quarterback than we saw against the Houston Texans. Zach Wilson was a better quarterback yesterday than we've seen in most of the 2021 season. I liked a lot of his decision-making in this game. I liked the fact that when the first read was open, he was not trying to make the bigger play down the field, which has been an issue with him all season long, where he cannot just take the easy completions. He was taking the easy completions in this game. His decision-making, I think, was much improved. I liked the fact, hey, a six-yard hitch is open, back foot hits. I'm just going to get the ball there. I'm not going to try and scramble, make a bigger play down the field. I'm just going to take what the defense gives me. Listen, you got to love it when the quarterback can add an extra dimension, where he adds some playmaking ability. But a lot of quarterbacking in the NFL, successful quarterbacking, is about the very mundane. It's about just hitting the open guy who's not covered five yards down the field and moving the chains. I liked that Zach Wilson did that. Now, in the first quarter, maybe early second quarter, It seemed like we were kind of heading towards a breakout game where Zach was going to silence all the doubters, where we were really going to be able to get excited after this game. That did not happen. And there were some shaky moments from Zach in this game. I talked about the interception in the second half. The stat line is not very good, and the Jets were shut out in the second half. That's not all Zach Wilson's fault, though. It's a very complex picture you have to paint because there were some drops in this game there were some plays that should have been caught by the receivers. Corey Davis had one that could have moved the chains. In this early part of the second half, when the Jets' offense was cold, Tevin Coleman had a drop that kind of crushed the drive. These were things that hurt the Jets. And there were a number of other plays. See, when it comes to plays that are not made, I kind of have like two categories. There are plays that should be made, where the throw is perfect, hits the ball, the ball hits the receiver in the hands. There's no excuse for the receiver not coming up with the ball. And there are plays that could be made where the receiver has a chance, but it's a difficult catch. And there were a number of plays that could have been made that were not made. And sometimes these plays were could be made because Zach Wilson's throw was kind of off target. I think there were still some accuracy issues in the short game. I think that there were some plays Zach probably left on the field. Now, the receivers have to get some of the blame, too. And this is something that I think people miss. It's not always 100% the quarterback's fault. It's not always 100% the receiver's fault. Sometimes both of them have some blame. You know, you see a ball hit a receiver in, a ha- in the hands. Sometimes the receiver has to adjust to a bad throw, to an off-target throw. And it's not 100% the receiver's fault. By the way, the same goes for interceptions. It's kind of the reverse, where the quarterback always takes 100% of the blame for interceptions. Well, sometimes the receiver ran a route poorly and contributed to the interception. So on some of these throws Zach missed yesterday... A little bit of the blame has to go to him. A little bit of the blame has to go to the receiver. It wasn't all great. It wasn't all bad. There was some good and some bad. And whatever narrative you want to have about Zach Wilson, you were provided ammunition yesterday for that. You could come away from that game feeling very good about Zach Wilson. You could come away from that very bad. What I came away with is, first of all, again, improvement. Clearly a trend in the positive direction. But beyond that... I got to see what happens next week, because this performance was not so bad that you should be disturbed by it, but it was not so good that you could say, all right, now we're really heading somewhere. It was the type of game where we won't really know its impact for a couple of weeks, because this game conceivably could have been a springboard for Zach Wilson. It could be the type of game where you saw the growth. Again, you saw progress, and maybe this is the sign of bigger things. Maybe it's beginning to click for Zach Wilson. And we'll start to see improvement. I talked about this all week, about how troubled I was that we had seen no tangible improvement from Zach Wilson. It's not that he failed to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. It's that we weren't seeing progress. We saw progress in this game. That's a good thing. But progress has to continue. And if this is like your best performance of the season or one of your best performances, that's a troubling sign. So if he regresses next week, throws three interceptions... This game's not so good that it's going to be able to crowd out a bad performance. You're not going to be able to lean back on this performance and say, oh, look, well, look at all that promise he showed against the Eagles. He showed some improvement, but it's not enough for us to say that Zach Wilson is now set, that he's now fixed. He's got to continue to grow. The growth needs to continue. You can't point back to this game as though it was a 500-yard effort. This game was good enough that you could take some positives from it. But it alone is not sufficient to say Zach Wilson's growing. We need to continue to see the progress moving forward. I think what it was, as much as anything, a good first step. But listen, you can throw out any narrative you want. You could say Zach Wilson improved. You could say he led the Jets to three touchdowns in the early stages of this game. You could say if his receivers made some plays, he would have had that monster stat line. On the other hand, you could also say, you know what? Shut out in the second half. Some of those plays were not made because he made the passes more difficult than they needed to be. Through a very untimely interception. Had some issues navigating the pocket. These are all true. These are all part of the performance. It's not all. And as much as incomplete passes or interceptions are not always 100% good, 100% bad. I think you'd have to say Zach Wilson's performance against the Eagles was not 100% good. It was not 100% bad. It was mixed. There was some good, some bad. However, if you're looking for a positive to take from this game, the trajectory was moving in the right direction, and for the first time, we did see tangible improvement from Zach Wilson. This alone is not enough, but you have to start somewhere, and I think this was a first step for Zach. Now, Zach Wilson may have been difficult to judge in this game, but ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we will talk about some units that were not difficult to judge because they were completely terrible. And these are units that did not earn a built bar. I think Zach Wilson earned a built bar. The defense in the kicking game did not, however. In this holiday season, you should grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, built bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, and there are so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have a raspberry or mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down the mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that something extra you need to keep going. So throw on your jacket or purse and grab a Built Bar because you never know when you're going to need it. If you're friends with Santa, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars into your stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anybody's Christmas morning a happy one. And if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holiday, you need, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, and they taste so good you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code Locked15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15, one word with no space, L O C K E D, number one, number five, for 15% off at B-U-I-L-T BUILT.com. And I certainly hope you did not bet on the Jets in this game, but you should know that Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your 50% welcome bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season, because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, recapping a 33-18 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at the Meadowlands. The Jets record falls to 3-9 in the 2021 season. The defense has been an issue all season long. It's been one of the biggest problems on the team, and they turned in another dismal performance in this game. This reminds me a bit of when you go out to the restaurant with your family, and it's a big group, and nobody can decide what appetizer you want to get somebody wants to get mozzarella somebody wants to get potato skins another person wants buffalo wings and sometimes at a restaurant you'll see they have something called like an appetizer sampler where you get a little bit of everything so a couple buffalo wings a little bit of mozzarella maybe some artichoke dip a couple potato skins and it's something that keeps everybody happy it's a little bit of everything Well, there are lots of ways to play bad defense in the NFL. And yesterday, the Jets took us out to the bad defense bistro, and they got us the sampler. They got us the bad defense sampler. Every way you can play bad defense in the NFL, the Jets managed to do in this game. Get gashed in the run game. Bust coverages on defense. Allow long runs after short catches. Get beaten over the top. Missed tackles. Generate no pass rush. You name it. The Jets did it in this game. The first half, Gardner Minshew torched them. Minshew ended this game 20 of 25, 242 yards, averaging almost 10 yards per attempt. Backup quarterback, who you weren't expecting to play. 10 yards per attempt, 9.7. Not quite 10, but 9.7. Two touchdowns. Jets give up 185 yards on the ground. The first half, the Eagles were going straight down the field. It was like the Harlem Globetrotters against the Washington Generals. The second half, they just did it more methodically. 14 play drive, field goal to begin the half. 13 play drive, field goal after that. It was unbelievable how bad this defense was. It's unbelievable how bad this defense has been all year. At some point, it ceases to be a talent issue. And this is what drives me crazy. In the NFL, you can always figure out like one or two things you can do effectively. The one or two things your coaches emphasize, it doesn't matter how untalented your team is, you can figure out how to do those things. And for the Jets, what they want to focus on typically is stopping the run, because you'll see a lot of extra safeties in the box, and preventing the big plays. That's why you'll see like the flat areas of the field underneath outside is always wide open, because they're trying to prevent the big plays. They're doing neither of these things. They gave up 185 yards on the ground. And my goodness, how many times did an Eagles receiver turn the ball up the field and turn it into a nice gain? And they're still getting beaten over the top, even though they're trying to prevent the big play. It's unbelievable how bad this defense is. There's not a single thing this defense does well right now. I mean, how do you get to less than two minutes left in the fourth quarter before you force a punt? And you didn't even really force a punt. Again, the punt came because on a third down play, the backup center who just entered the game because the starting center for the Eagles got hurt snapped the ball over the quarterback's head. You did nothing. I mean, the field goal drive before the half ended in a field goal in part because the Eagles player slipped. You know, they did not make any of the early touchdowns stand up. In any of those early series, if you force a three and out, you get a little momentum. You have a chance to take control of the game with your offense playing well. This defense is awful. Defensive line getting pushed around again. We saw that last week's performance against Houston probably had more to do with Houston being bad than the Jets being good. Giving up 45 yards in the second half of that game feels like a very long time ago. I can't even single out any players because this unit was so bad across the board. Bryce Hall may have been the only guy who played well. And he had that penalty, shaky call. I'm not going to blame it on him. And But even then, I don't know how much you can give Bryce Hall credit because why would you throw at Bryce Hall when you have pretty much everybody else who can't stop a pass from being completed? This unit is so bad and... I'm sorry, this has to go on coaching. It's not the play. It's not just the players. I know there's no talent there. I know the talent level is low. But at some level, this has to go on coaching because guys cannot execute basic assignments on this defense. And speaking of unable to execute basic assignments, Alex Kessman. You know, on Thursday, I did an entire segment on how bad Joe Douglas has done with the kicker position. And after that show, I worried a little bit. I was like, was I too hard? was I too focused on the kicker? Did the kicker spot really deserve an entire segment? The answer is yes. The answer is maybe I wasn't hard enough on him. Because Joe Douglas can't find a kicker. And don't tell me it's because cheapness. Don't tell me it's because the Jets won't pay. Washington signed a kicker this week. He hits a 48-yard game-winning field goal in the last minute of their game. This is happening across the league. Teams are finding cheap kickers. This isn't about refusing to pay kickers. You don't need to pay a kicker. Everything across the league, like a quarter of the teams are finding kickers off the scrap heap, paying them nothing and getting competent performances. But Joe Douglas finds these guys because Joe Douglas thinks that all that matters is being able to kick the ball 60 yards. Joe, find a guy who can kick it through the goalposts. Really simple, Joe. Should be simple. Simple for everybody else in the NFL. And by the way, whoever's advising him on these kickers should be fired today. If Brant, I don't know if it's Brant Boyer, but you know, if this is like Brant Boyer telling Joe Douglas, hey, just get me a guy with a big leg. I can fix him. He should be fired today. And, or if it's somebody in the front office who's advising him, fired today. This was so predictable. Alex Kessman was not even that good of a kicker in college. You can get somebody who just can kick the ball through the goalposts. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy because it's simple. You know, building a defense is tough. Finding good pass rushers, developing good pass rushers, tough. Building an offensive line, tough. Finding a kicker is the easiest thing in the world, or it should be for a general manager. Joe Douglas can't do it. And finally, I I do feel like I need to talk about the officiating. Two things I'll say about that. Number one, the Jets were absolutely on the wrong end of a number of shaky calls in this game. I talked about the Bryce Hall pass interference, the Mosley play on fourth down where he was probably induced by a false start to go across the line. You know the block on Mims, the non-call on Elijah Moore on the Jets' last real offensive drive in the game. I'm not going to talk about the Minshew fourth down play. Minshew got that. You, you can't complain. The only way you can complain about that is if you were looking for a makeup call. And I'm sorry. I got to be fair here. I do not think. I, I say this. I do not agree with the idea of the makeup call. I think you try and get every call right. I think good officials do not make makeup calls. Now, obviously, these were not good officials in this game, but I, I don't believe in makeup calls. So yes, the Jets were on the wrong end of a number of shaky calls. The second thing I'm going to say, that was not what cost the Jets the game. The Jets did not play well enough to win this game. You know, the pass interference on Hall, again, Eagles were in field goal range, and they ended that drive with a field goal. Really did not cost them anything. Is it theoretically possible the kicker for the Eagles misses a longer kick because he, you know, they don't get the yardage from the penalty? Yeah, I guess it is. The Mosley play, okay, the Eagles ended up with a field goal in that drive. Maybe that's three points. The Mims play, again, they got a first down to extend the drive, so that really did not impact anything. The Moore play, yeah, it could have extended the drive, but the Jets' offense didn't score in the second half. There's no guarantee they would have scored. Yeah, maybe they would have scored, but you can't guarantee that. But this is not the type of game that was back and forth, and you got a shaky pass interference call in the last minute, and that really cost you. That's not what happened in this game. The Jets had an opportunity to overcome all of these plays. The Jets shouldn't have never been in the position where those plays would have impacted them. Now I'm sorry, when you're down 15 late in the fourth quarter, you're probably going to lose the game. It's not an official that cost you the game. It's not a blown call that cost you the game. And quite frankly, and I cannot prove this, you're right, I cannot prove this, it's possible that these calls drastically changed everything, but I don't think so. And I think if all of these calls were called correctly, the Jets still lose this game. At the end of the day, when you don't stop a team from scoring until there's two minutes left in the fourth quarter, that's not on the official. That's on you. That's on you. Can't blame the refs for that one. Different scenario, you know, if it's, again, if this was a back and forth game, if the Jets offense had been matching touchdowns with the Eagles all day and he got to like the last drive of the game and there was a blatantly blown call, okay, I could buy that a little bit, but the officials did not cost the Jets this game. The Jets cost the Jets this game through their lousy defensive performance, through their kicker who can't hit the ball through the uprights on an extra point, and the offense which stalled in the second half. And of the three phases of the game, the offense deserves the least grief because the offense at least had a good first half. But this was a team effort. The Jets deserve to lose. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. I hope you have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.